Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. Well, good day to you. This is Brad Zockel, and you're listening to Questions About Heaven, and I do welcome you here. And our wonderful editor of our podcasts that have been going out for so long here has just informed me, Andrea has said, Brad, we just finished our 100th podcast. And so, as of yesterday, we hit our first century mark. This is now podcast 101, and boy, I tell you, I have enjoyed the opportunity to be able to talk with you. And I want to thank you. If you've been staying with me throughout these past months, this past year, we had no idea of the response. We just didn't know. But I knew that the ministry was very important to share with you the truths about heaven and then to look and get answers to your questions about heaven and do the best I can. And I really do appreciate this. Now, a couple of announcements before we get going in line with that on the response that have we've seen. Listen, I'm not going to give you an idea. It's some exploded thing, and I'm reaching all over the world. But I would say this. I am happy that the response in places that I have been, that we've had a good reception of people asking questions, it's not so much that they're saying, wow, this is a unique subject, but I'm starting to get deeper answers on things that I've wanted to know about heaven. And I'm thankful to the Lord that people are drawing closer to Jehovah. They are in more wonder and thankfulness to what Jesus Christ has done. And there is just a stronger walk and a great excitement among people. I just finished uh, a, a wonderful time over at Boone's Creek Bible Church in Johnson City, Tennessee, this past week with Pastor Dale Cunningham. And I'm very excited. Over in Pickens, South Carolina, there's a wonderful coffee shop called Cafe Connections. And I will be going there every third Tuesday and having a Bible study on heaven for the local community. The wonderful owners, Steve and Ann, have invited me to uh, have that time on Thursdays. I talked with them about arranging a time, and they've been most welcome in me being able to have that time. So we're looking, our first time is February 21st and continuing on. And uh, we just hope if you're in the Pickens, South Carolina area, upcountry South Carolina, Uh, then, boy, come on over. It's going to be on a regular basis. Now, here's the question that we have uh, brought to me recently, and I posted this on a TikTok video, but I'm going to speak a little bit longer on this. I'm going to take a step away from Revelation just for a bit to share this with you. And the question was, what are you looking forward to most whenever you get to heaven, Brad? What are you looking first and foremost to enjoy? Now, I grew up, as my uh, brothers and sisters who may be listening to this podcast can attest, we all grew up in, in pretty much abject poverty for a while. When Dad abandoned the family, we were literally living day to day and week to week on groceries and things like that. And somebody's going to say, oh, okay, so what you're looking for is the opulence and the, and the, the financial blossoming and the and the, uh, the access to all the treasures of heaven. And no, for the very reason that, how I grew up, that means very little to me. You know what it is? I'm going to tell you here, for me now, in getting into heaven, what I'm most excited about seeing, and I will give you, among other things, but the first thing, 
and I go to Luke chapter 15 to give you the illustration. You might know this as the, the story of the prodigal son, but I want you to watch the father, and I'm going to then tell you what is so important. I'm reading in Luke chapter 15, it starts in verse 11, and it says, a certain young man, this is Jesus telling this story. They're asking Jesus about heaven. He's given a number of parables. It comes to this one. A certain young man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So the father divided to them his livelihood, and not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and that citizen sent him into his fields to feed swine. And the son would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. All right, let's start there. You have a situation here, and I'm going to remind you, Jesus has been asked to explain heaven. Would you tell us, can you make heaven understandable to us? And he tells this story. Certain man has two sons, okay? Now, in this, you're going to see something very important here. In the, the, the time, in the customs of the day, it is possible for a father to give what we might call today a living will. He might give an inheritance out before his death. It's not usual, okay, but it could be done. The son is taken advantage of it. So this is not something unusually striking here, like what, this has never been done. It is very unusual, but he did. Why? Because the kid's greedy. He wants his, his, his time. He wants my here and now. And doesn't that sound like a lot of generations, and mine included, you know, as the song said, I want it all and I want it now. Well, that's what we have here. But watch, keep watching the father. Keep watching the father. Now, we're going to we'll follow the son. But here's what happens. The father allows this rebellion. I want you to think about this because people keep asking me, if God is so righteous in heaven, why does he allow this? Because it's something called free will. Because I will have a person in one hand start yelling at uh, the idea of God not restricting everybody to complete obedience, and on the other hand would be the first person, and justifiably so to say, one of the worst things in the world is slavery, or is restricting free will. Well, this is the God that allows this, who has the ability to stop this, but in his love allows this to happen, okay? That's a very, very powerful point here. In this, the father knows the attitude of the son. He sees the sneer and the cocky attitude and such like that, but he allows him to do this, all right? So he goes away, and it, it, it emphasizes he went to a far country. The son wants to be known for his own. He doesn't want any identification with the father. Doesn't want any, he wants to be his own man. So he goes over there, and isn't it funny, in the very same sentence, it doesn't even go through a soliloquy of, of, or a narrative of, uh, of the activity. He journeys to a far country, and there wasted his possession with prodigal living. 
Now, the word prodigal can mean uh, reckless living, a reckless lifestyle. So he goes over there, and it's within one sentence, and it's like, wham, it's gone. Oh, he has a lot of friends that have followed him. As a matter of fact, I had a student uh, years back when I taught into the academy, and I met him later on, and what he had done was he took his college money, didn't want to go to college, and got an apartment, and the place where he worked, he, he let them know that he was, you know, uh, he, he had a sizable bank account, and some of the co-workers befriended him, and they were the best friends for him. And I found out later on that he was paying all of the rent. They all moved in with him. He was paying for all the food. And I'm sitting there listening to this and absolutely stunned. And he comes down to the point, he says, well, I'm just about out of money. And he says, that's the funniest thing. At least those guys are leaving. Well, you know, we have the same thing here. This, he, know, he no doubt was very, very well-liked and well-loved until the money ran out. When he spent all, at the same time, when he grew empty, the land grew empty. Now, in America, if you're listening to this internationally, it's very hard for us to talk about a famine. There's access to all kinds of resources, and even if one is in poverty, and I'm telling you, that's how we grew up, there was still opportunity to find a small job, or some benevolent church would help you out, or a government agency. It's just available. So, I can pretty much tell you it's very hard for you to find anybody that can say, in America, I've gone through a famine. But during this time, this is what's happening here. And when I went over to Israel, the shock of going out to the desert and realizing, if I run out of the water in my hand and in the, in the, uh, the uh, tourist bus, we're going to have some problems. And when we lived in Phoenix, Arizona area, and one time the car did break down, but I did carry extra water, and I thought, you know, this could be serious. And this is just an incident, severe famine. He began to be in want. And when he went to this other man, this man says, well, go feed my swine. Well, <laughs> swine are an unclean animal. The Levitical law, if you look in Leviticus chapter 11, you will see this, that Pigs are unclean to the Jewish person. Jesus is talking to a Jewish audience, and they're taken aback by this, that this Gentile man says, okay, all right, kid, go and feed my swine. And this is really shocking here. He is desiring to eat the pods, you know, just odd foods that the swine are. Nobody gives him anything. It is so bad that even his employers are denying him. He is in want. He's not getting anything it's so much. He actually starts mooning back, wondering and wanting, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough, and even more than just enough to feed them and to spare? I am dying with hunger. Have you ever been in a place where you were dying of hunger? What a horrible thing to realize. And in one and in pain and intensify in this illustration, I am dying with hunger. All right. I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to go back. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And this is interesting. He, he came to himself. This is a really interesting thing because it says in the Gospels that they thought when Jesus was, uh, was, was so giving and, and going on so long and serving and going out and, and even being denied eating, that it says that they thought he was beside himself. 
And the Greeks would say sometimes somebody would lose their senses and it's like their spirit of knowledge would step outside their physical body and stand there like if somebody had a tantrum. Let's say he's beside himself with, with anger and, and his rationality has stepped outside him. It's standing beside that one. Well, here, he was beside himself with greed, but now he comes to himself. All right, this is now who he is. He settled down from all this greed he comes to himself. Now, you will see something here. When he realizes what is happening, he realizes it's his fault. Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. He is rehearsing this. He is serious about this. I'm changing my life, and I'm willing to be humbled on this. Now, there's so much more I could say, but because of time, listen to this. He arose and he came to his father. So as a long walk, maybe he wasn't able to eat for days. When he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran. This is a dignified landover, landowner running, running across the fields. Had compassion. Forgot all of the insults ran and fell on his neck, which is talking about a super hug, a superior hug, and kissed him. The son must have pushed him a little bit gently. Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. And in great humility, he says, he says just what he rehearsed. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Father's, ah, ha, ha, ha. Yes, hush, hush, hush. The father says to his servants, come here, come here. Bring out the best robe. Put it on him. Put a ring on his hand. That's a ring of honor. Sandals on his feet. So the kid was barefoot at the time. And bring the fatted calf here. One was prepared for a great feast. Well, this is a feasting time. Kill it, let us eat and be merry. This is my son. He was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now, you know the ending of the story, but I'm going to stop there and say this. Now, I'm answering a question about heaven. What am I most looking forward to when I get to heaven? Is that God the Father wants me there. And I want to be with him. And from what I see here and the excitement through the scriptures in Zephaniah 3.17, that God will sing over the believers and that he will celebrate with them. Revelation 21.3, he's going to walk with them. Revelation 7.17, he's going to spread his tent of covering over them. And we're going to enjoy the knowledge of the glory of God, like it says in Habakkuk 2.14. All of these things, that's what I want. I want to see Yahweh. I want to see the blessed creator, God the Father, and however he has the future for us. Whether I live in a tent, I live in an apartment, I live in a, a lodge, the dwelling place term, Monet, it's not specific, it doesn't matter to me. To be in the loving family of God the Father, who runs, who runs. See, the picture of the prodigal son Look at the Father. Watch the Father. That's the important thing because we're all prodigal. We've all been reckless and foolish. But when he came, that is an illustration by Jesus himself on how much God loves us. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9, he says, God's not appointed us to wrath, but to find salvation through Jesus Christ. Wonderful truth. That's what I'm looking forward to. Thank you so much, my friends, for being with me. We'll talk soon. This is Brad and questions about heaven. And share with me, what is your favorite thing that you're thinking about heaven? Write me at brad at zulon.org, X-U-L-O-N, brad at zulon.org. Love to hear from you. 
Take care, friends, and we'll go back to the book of Revelation and talk some more soon. Thank you, God bless you, and Lord willing, we'll talk soon. Thanks for joining us this week on Questions About Heaven with Brad Zockel of the Zulon International Bible Institute. Be sure to visit our website, zulon.org, to learn more about our Bible ministry. That's X-U-L-O-N dot org. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. And keep an eye out for our upcoming ebook, Questions About Heaven. Thanks, God bless you, and have a great day.